Hello, I'm your host, Giselle Gamby, and this is the Intuitive Pool Podcast, where together we'll embrace the plans we did not make yet unfold businesses and lives that are so much greater in wealth in all ways than any business or life plan could ever achieve. My wish is that you make intuition your most trusted advisor. So buckle up, get present, and let's go. Hello, beautiful Intuitive Pool listeners. It's good to be with you here today. I have two episodes to record this afternoon. Both of them are called The Breakthrough Year, but there will be a part one and there will be a part two. And so welcome to part one of The Breakthrough Year. How has this title, The Breakthrough Year, even arrived? I've been very, 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 very present since I have come back from holidays. And if you've been listening to the intuitive pool, you may know that I started a nine week meditation program. I started it, uh, when did I start? Monday last week. It's a new program that I was pulled to facilitate. And I'll speak about that in part two. And I've also been on it. So I've been asking people to up their meds, up their meditations. And I've been receiving a specifically curated message, literally downloading it through me and then creating a really beautiful meditation around that. And because I've been so plugged in, you could say, I've been feeling a lot of things, receiving a lot of things, both through my meditations and also in my dreams. And one of the things that I've been really feeling is that this year is going to be a breakthrough year for some of us. I had a really significant breakthrough year in 2013. I've had many breakthroughs since then but 2013 was the big one and I feel like 2023 is akin to the size of the transformation that happened in 2013. One of those ones that you'll never ever forget and I know that this is not just for me. I absolutely know this is for some of my clients. In fact, we've been speaking about it and they're feeling it as well. And I absolutely know in my belly that this is also a breakthrough year for some of the Intuitive Pool podcast listeners. I've been saying that 2022 has felt like the runway. We've been doing all the preparation work. And, you know, at the end of each year, people think that, well, I guess there's an assumption that you slow down at the end of the year and you know, your tank is empty and you need to go and fill it up. That was not my experience at all. I had an extremely full year last year. And perhaps it's because I was really invited to know through my experience that I'm an infinite being, not a finite being, that I didn't feel like I had no juice at the end of last year. In fact, 
my process was was not stopping. In fact, it was ramping up. And what I'm going to speak to you about on this episode, on part one, and what I'll speak to you about in part two, will be a demonstration of what has been alive in my process. So today's episode, speaking to this theme that this is a breakthrough year for some of us, is a conversation around love and power. Again, these themes of love and power were with me, I think it was at the beginning of last year, and I'm very much feeling the effect or the effects, I should say, of these themes of love and power within my life and within my body and within what I'm aware of. So what I came to know very much in 2022 was that there was absolutely a balance of the light and dark in my process. There was very much an experience of the light. I received the premise in observation of my life experience that grace does the heavy lifting. It was an extremely fulfilling year. 2022 was an extremely fulfilling year with beautiful work, abundant travel with the retreats in Croatia and Kenya, incredible experiences and results that clients were receiving, even in the context of cancer. There was a lot of joy. There was a lot of joy and there were breathtaking ripples that happened in 2022. They weren't the words that I was using last year, breathtaking ripples, but they are the words that I'm using this year in observation of what happened in 2022. And there was also the dark and how that arrived was that whatever was not acknowledged, whatever was not fully acknowledged, whatever was still either in the subconscious or the unconscious or in our conscious judgment, these places that remain in the shadows were brought into awareness. And they were brought into awareness for two reasons. Again, these were words that I've never used before, but in observation of my experience, they were the words that came to me that represented the consequence of digging deep and allowing the shadow to come to light. So in the theme of love, there was a restoration of love where misunderstanding and judgment existed. And in the theme of power, there was a claiming back of power. So let's go with the first theme of love. I went to a retreat facilitated by the incredible Jason Statton and Penny Patterson. Penny told me that they were going to be running a retreat in the sunshine hinterland in Queensland. And the moment she said that they were going to run a retreat, I didn't consciously know why, but I said, I'm coming. I'm coming. I didn't know for what purpose, but of course, because I listened to my intuition and I fully showed up, you know, with an open mind and an open heart. 
I was shown places where I was really attached and really invested in the stories I was telling myself in a particular part of my life. And these stories that I was telling myself cast judgment on others. I created definitions of who I thought they were and I created definitions of what I thought they should do that they weren't doing. And it didn't feel nice within my body at all. And other people were enrolled in this story. And because of a vow that I've made, I guess, in my life, a conscious vow that I've made in my life, and that is to be determined to truly see, so not with the physical eyes, but seeing with the bigger eyes, the eyes that see everything as love, because I'm determined to see with those eyes, with the eyes of love, of course, that is what occurred. And I am completely (laughs) detached from the stories that I had told myself about this situation, I almost um, smile. I'm even smiling now as I'm speaking it out that I could even have, you know, bought into that version of reality. I could, that I bought into that perception of how I thought I saw things. What I was left in with instead was just a huge amount of compassion, a huge amount of understanding a huge amount of respect and here are the words again a restoration of love for all and it's not surprising it really isn't because we talk about genius zones have you heard about the expression that we have a genius zone read the book the big leap by gay hendrix and you'll learn about that I learned about that. I read that book, I think it was in 2013 or 2014, and I had a real big aha moment. Our genius zones are that place within us that we haven't learned from anyone else, that we haven't read about in a book and learned it that way, that we haven't ever not had within us. And I know that One of my genius zones is is that I can see very easily through the eyes of love. One of my clients said to me last week when we were in a session and she was casting judgment about her life and made a, a statement that she said, I'm not aligned to my dreams. And when I looked at what was happening in her current reality that she had just explained to me what was actually real was her circumstances were so lining up for her to experience her dreams and she walked away from that session and she said you know the biggest takeaway from this session is that I need to look twice I need to look twice so I looked twice in this particular situation and I thank God that I looked twice and it wasn't difficult for me to truly see what was real and what was not. You see, the body's 
eyes do not show us ultimate reality. The body's eyes do not show us ultimate reality. And it's one of the reasons why I love studying A Course in Miracles because A Course in Miracles is all about correcting our misperceptions. Back to saying that only love is real and everything else is a projection of our perception based on belief systems that we made up when we were growing up or carried through if you believe in past lives, carry through in past lives. So whilst love is not within our bodies, in our consciousness, and judgment is there instead, this is resistance. This is resistance. And there is no breakthrough whilst we're holding resistance. And the paradoxical thing here is that the breakthrough is the consequence of restoring our perception of how we see things, of observing the misunderstandings based on the stories, not reality, not ultimate reality, the stories that we've told ourselves and seeing what is really so. I mean, that is a breakthrough in itself. It's a miracle, a shift in perception from fear to love, but that's a breakthrough in itself. And and it cannot not have other consequences. It cannot not have breathtaking ripples. Should we see and honour and revere the journey that we took from fear to love? It cannot not have breathtaking ripples. So when we allow a restoration of love, where judgment, fear and misunderstanding lived. This is absolutely a vital, a vital ingredient to having a breakthrough year, to having such a paradigm shifting year. It is absolutely a vital, most important, the most important, in fact, ingredient because without love, there is nothing. Without love, there is fear. They're the different sides of the same coin. We can live the one reality either through love, the paradigm of love, or the paradigm of fear. So that's the first major point to having a breakthrough year. The second major point of having a breakthrough year is around transmuting powerlessness into powerfulness. Many years ago, I was told by connecting into a galactic space, in fact, that we are here or I am here to facilitate the transmute full. So transmutation means the complete transformation of the mutation the mutation of when we have forgotten that we are love when we have forgotten that others are love when we have forgotten that all is love that is a mutation when we transform the mutation when we fully transmute that fear 
And in this context, I'm really, really being drawn to the transmutation of powerlessness in particular, then we claim either back our power and allow ourselves to embody it fully. This is a point I really want to speak to. This is a a point that very clearly arrived for me in December. Something happened in my life and the behaviour that I observed after the event was just how powerless I was in that moment. And this event would be an event that would occur a couple of times a year for me and it was consistent. It was a consistent event that would occur a couple of times a year and it has had occurred for many years. And when it arrived, when I would be in that event, I would feel so much shame and I'd feel embarrassed and then give it four or five days, then that feeling would pass and then I would forget it. Well, what happened in December, the circumstances in which it happened forced me to not just feel the feelings of shame and embarrassment and then allow those feelings to pass and then just to get back on with life, they forced me to have a really good look at why this behaviour was still showing up. And so I have been with that process and I'm still with it. I'm still with it. And I'm so grateful that that event occurred in the way that it did Because, as I said, it forced me to go within and to go digging deep again. You know, I've been traveling a conscious life since 1999, 24 years. I've consistently, consistently committed to living an aware life. I've had many coaches, I've had many teachers, I've done many courses. I meditate almost every day. I've been with the same coach, wonderful Daniel Batten, now for five years. And we would assume, and maybe you can relate too, we would assume that I've done most of the work. But again, we're infinite beings and it's arrogant to think and it's also ignorant to think that we've got it all together. Not to say that I ever thought that I had it all together, but I certainly thought that I'd done the major work. Well, there's been some major work that's been happening since December. And so I asked myself, you know, I live a really happy life. I'm 100% on purpose. I would do this work, even if I won the lotto (laughs) tomorrow, uh, people talk about retiring. I don't know if I'll ever retire. Maybe it'll, I'm sure it'll come in different forms, but this is such a joy for me. Why does this behavior of powerlessness exist in my life today? It just doesn't make sense. It's just like oil and water. It does, it's not a match. It's not a match. So I was extremely curious to understand why and where it was born from because I 100% committed to transmuting this. I had a dream, I think a few days after, 
And the dream said to me, or the words that I heard in the dream were, go and study trauma. And I woke up and I remembered those words. But when I woke up, the words shifted to go and study your trauma. And I was taken aback. And it's it's almost ludicrous what I'm about to say to you, that I am someone who up until that moment had never defined myself as being someone who had suffered trauma. Now, my story, you would know it if you've listened to episodes, is I had a baby who died when he was 11 days old. In 1999, I had an abusive relationship physically and emotionally. And it was, my life was full of chaos, full of chaos and crisis. Does that not constitute someone who has suffered trauma? I had never defined myself as someone who had suffered trauma. And on one hand, thankfully, because I did get back on the horse and I do have a positive, naturally positive attitude. And that worked for me. It got me out of being in that state that I was in. It got me out of being in that version of reality that I was in. And, hey, I've lived a really wonderful, wonderful life. So I'm grateful, grateful that that's my makeup because it absolutely worked for me. And what I had not acknowledged about the trauma was still living in my beingness today and would rear its head a couple of times a year, as I said, consistently. And all that I had not acknowledged back then would come out. Mostly anger and even rage. So I went back and I asked myself, where was this born? And my memory took me back to the girl that I was before I married my ex-husband. Now, my ex-husband, even before I married him, was emotionally and physically abusing me. And I still married him. People particularly friends who would come over for dinner and see volatility, would say to me afterwards, Giselle, what are you doing? What are you doing? I didn't see it and I still married him. And when I've been going back and looking over that girl, you know, who was in her late 20s, and I saw I've been seeing her in my mind's eye, I've literally been saying to myself, what the fuck? Seriously, I've been getting angry at her for having no spine. I've been dumbfounded at what she accepted. I've been flabbergasted <laughs> at the decisions that she made. And I hid all of that from other people at the time. And so that anger and rage that comes out a couple of times a year, consistently, you know, for many years now, fueled by alcohol, doesn't belong to me today. 
and the person that that is expressed to, spewed out to, is not the person that that rage is for. And so I've been acknowledging that and giving love to her, to that girl in her late 20s, who, who in my current life am dumbfounded by. I've been perplexed by her and at the same time I've acknowledged and given space to her and back to point one there is a restoration of love that is going on within myself back to point two around power my inquiry has also taken me to my relationship with my parents I was lucky to be blessed blessed to be adopted by my parents who have given me I can't even describe how much love they have given to me I am blessed to have had the amount of love and to have been loved so much by my parents I was absolutely taught how to be loving and I receive a lot of acknowledgement from my family for being loving and I know it's who I am it's not something that I've had to put on it's not it's not been it's not hard for me to love it is absolutely who I am and yes I feel that I was not only I, I feel that I was in that this is the version of Giselle that they wanted to grow and rear and and I'm so thankful for that because, again, talk about love being everything. I was fueled with love. And I'm so blessed and so grateful for that. I'm also observing that I don't feel, and possibly because it's the era that my parents came from, I don't feel that I was taught or encouraged to be powerful. For my brothers, yes, but not so for me. And that has also had an effect on me where I haven't fully been able to make my own decisions. Now, as I say this out loud, on one hand, I'm going, what the hell are you talking about, Giselle? I make decisions every day. The life that I live I have so much appreciation for, I'm I'm happy, I don't want to die today, but if I died today, I would die feeling like I've lived a full life. <laughs> so I feel like I'm contradicting myself here. And if we go back to the concept that we're bringing what's in the shadow into light, in the shadow there is a part of me that, wasn't taught how to make decisions for myself. In the shadows, there is a part of me that doesn't yet claim all the most loving and authentic decisions that are here for me to make. And if I go back to that place of cause, why? It's because I was taught and encouraged to be loving, but I don't necessarily feel that I was taught or encouraged to be powerful. And so here we loop back <laughs> to 
to the behaviour that exists today in the form of powerlessness that so showed up in my late 20s, it surfaced and it surfaced in a way that I couldn't feel the feelings and then push them away. It surfaced in a way that I had to, I had to take responsibility. I had to go to that place of taking 100% personal responsibility because this is a breakthrough year. I've been feeling it. I've been feeling it. And the two most important ingredients to it being a breakthrough year are love and power. Restoration of love where misunderstanding and judgment existed and a claiming back of power where powerlessness was present instead. I had an incredible session today with a beautiful man called Michael Muir. And when we sit together, we have this relationship where we truly can see. Absolutely, I share my humanity. Absolutely, I feel all my feelings. And we sit there, not with the human eyes, but with eyes that can truly see. I asked the question, why is this occurring, this claiming back of power, in a year where my mum and this is really vulnerable for me to share, and I'm a little bit scared in in sharing it, for who might listen. But there has been a big deterioration in my 88-year-old mum in the last year. And I feel like her gift to me when I was born, when mum and dad adopted me, was to show me love, to show me unconditional love, and I received that fully and I can still receive that fully and that is everything that is absolutely everything and I feel like as mum is uh, living her swan song I feel like as mum is here for the final moments of her life I feel like she's also gifting me This claiming back of power, I feel so emotional right now. This claiming back of power, it's like she'll be able to leave when she knows that I'm good. And of course, I don't think that any of this is conscious. I don't think from human to being to human to being that she's um, thinking about this. This is more of a soul-to-soul relationship that I'm speaking about. And, hey, maybe I'll have a conversation with about it, a human-to-human conversation with her one day. I don't know. But I would love for her to leave here knowing that we're all okay, not just myself but my two brothers as well. And so that's my intention. I'm holding that space for all of us. So... This is a breakthrough year. It's a breakthrough year on multidimensional levels. It's a breakthrough year that has breathtaking ripples. And I just know that some of you listening to this episode, I just know that there is going to be a breathtaking ripple for you 
by listening today and that couldn't make me happier. So that's the breakthrough year part one. It's interesting, isn't it? Because when people talk about breakthrough years, the energy that we assume will be one of like, you know, really up there and rah-rah and really motivational and <laughs> and yet what's here in this episode with you is uh, such tenderness. And, you know, the other thing that I'm present to is a quietness here. And that is something that when I was in meditation on Saturday morning, actually, I was listening to week two's meditation that I recorded for the nine-week program, which you can still join. Um, it's not too late if you would like to. I was in floods of tears when I was listening to that meditation. And the reason why I was in floods of tears was I was appreciating that really the the greatest model that we could ever work with is working with the mind of God. He's listening. He's absolutely taking responsibility for our humanness and our humanity, as I've been demonstrating on this episode. And absolutely taking direction, absolutely taking direction and hearing and seeing what is the ultimate truth. And there's a real quietness in that model, if you want to call it a model. There's a real quietness. That quietness is, is air that I breathe. It really is. It's the reason why I give myself so much space. As I said last year, the more space you give to yourself, the more overflow. That's so true. That feels like that's the end of part one of the breakthrough year. And now I will joyfully record for you part two of the breakthrough year. If you would like any support from me, either in the nine-week meditation program or in partnering with me for three months for people who have not worked with me or for two months for people who have worked with me, please reach out. Thank you.